Welcome to the Archers of the North podcast. I'm Kai, joined today by our good friend of the pod, Eric Romanski. What's going on, Kai? What's good, man? Are, are you are you back in the RV? Oh yeah, just a nice, uh, nice crisp twelve hour drive in today, and uh, got in <laughs> about an hour or two ago. So good Perfect. to go. Uh, all all in a day's work, baby. Just a, ca- a casual twelve hours. Nice uh, and easy. Well, what what was the uh we should give our listeners an over under on your total driving this weekend. Uh I'll 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 set it at uh 33.5. I feel like I'd still go over. I feel like um I think I might actually take the under on that. Uh only about 10 hours from here to Milwaukee, about 3 or 2 from Milwaukee to Madison, about 6 over to Michigan, about 12 back. So Oh shoot, that's really close though. It's like the yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not I'm not quite Vegas level with, with my <laughs> over under. Um but uh yeah, as as all you listeners obviously listen to, we we took in uh game 5 of Milwaukee versus Atlanta and where we uh all, all predicted a Bucks and 6 and that 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 is that came to fruition surprisingly. Yeah, we will take it. I we, I kind of in my gut thought it was going to be the most Milwaukee painful you know uh seven game grueling uh series but but they actually managed to coalesce chris and drew came to play in game six and uh the milwaukee bucks find themselves in the nba finals yeah and you know you said you know seven game series my worst fear and just the most wisconsin thing possible was they lose game six in milwaukee come back home for game seven Giannis comes back plays injured and just completely wrecks his leg and is completely gone for the finals like as bad as it was if the bucks lose in seven it'd be even worse if the bucks win in seven and lose Giannis for the series so like you said chris and drew drew came to play in uh in game six and they got got it closed out and give Giannis some time to heal up so i'm i'm about as happy as can be with that performance yeah uh i mean it's historic the the Bucks have only won one title in their franchise history in 1971, and the last time we were in the finals, so 50 years ago we won it all, and last time we were in it even was was 74. So it's it's been a long time coming, and uh, we're we're certainly here for it. Uh, yeah, but but like you allude to, there there is some uncertainty going into this series, right? Uh, just we we've we've had a whirlwind as Milwaukee fans. So <laughs> we we have we have game three. We completely mop the floor with Atlanta. We think we're going to cruise to a nice, like, Bucks and five. Trey Young gets hurt. Instead, the Bucks come out looking like the most lifeless, sorry saps we've ever seen in game four. Get off to a ridiculously slow start without Trey. Giannis has, like, the most gruesome-looking knee injury you can have, and we're all, we're all fearing the worst, right? Like, I, like I, I, I was worried it was, like, career-altering, right? Like, this could be ACL. Yeah. This could be something like he's never the same player. Uh, the word comes out the next day that hey, he's actually there's no no uh, ligament damage that like he's relatively good. Um, I mean, obviously there's he has to have like like there's got to be bone bruise. I'm sure there's that there's no way he's ever going to be a hundred percent this finals. Um, we I think that's a good caveat to have is like whatever Giannis comes back, I, he will be somewhat limited. Um, it's just weighing I think for them I suppose like what is the risk of re-injury like if it's a it's a 5% chance. Is that enough for him to play? If it's like 50%, is that responsible to put him out there? And obviously we're not privy to that information, but uh, it, it is something that makes predicting or really analyzing this series hard until I think we know or get, to, get a chance to see where he's at. 
Yeah, and I mean, Giannis is almost definitely going to play. It's Giannis, and we all know how in love with the game Giannis is. He's not going to miss a finals. And that's the other thing. It's the finals. It's his first finals. I hate to say it, but God knows how many more finals he's going to be able to go to. Yeah, just, it's, a, no, it's a small window. Just, yeah, just knowing Wisconsin sports the way we all do, it's a very small window. <laughs> so I'd be, yeah. frankly, astonished if Giannis didn't play. But, again, it's that health factor. I mean, Paul George talking about Kawhi Leonard coming back on, on his bum, bum leg. On Giannis, if, if he's going to... Like you said, career-altering. If it's career-altering that he plays... I'm perfectly happy with him sitting this one out. We'll be back here next year. We all know it. And uh... <laughs> As we just predicted. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. There's probably no chance we're here, but, but also we'll be back next year. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, we're no, going to lose in devastating fashion, but we'll be back. <laughs> I mean, it does raise the question, would the Bucks? Like if, if he's playing at like seventy percent, are the Bucks better? You, you know what I mean. Like his his game kind of is predicated on going all out. So so there yeah. is, I think, a little bit of fear of like, um, if he's playing out there but he can't really go full throttle, is he more of a detriment to the team? I I don't really know. I mean, at the end of the day, I think I think we truly need him to win a finals, like to win this truly. Um, I think we can steal a game. Like like I'd say, if Giannis doesn't play or plays extremely limited, it's Suns in six. But on the other hand, if Giannis is full go, I think it's like Bucks in six, Bucks in seven. Uh, or not full go, but relatively similar to like his normal self. Um, yeah, because who would the Suns have guarding Giannis? It would probably be, what, Jay Crowder? Well, so they've talked. They, they have a great defense matchup for Giannis. They, they've talked about. They've they've talked about uh, DeAndre Ayton being the supposed Giannis stopper. Um, I don't know if I really subscribe to that. Gian- Giannis, the last two games against the Suns, has I think forty three and thirty four points respectively. So he Giannis scoring hasn't really been the issue. Um, yeah, they they do have. I think what worries me uh, in terms of matchups is they have a lot of good wings. You alluded to Crowder, like they have a lot of guys they can throw at Chris Middleton. Um, like uh, Mikhail Bridges, Jay Crowder, um, Cam Johnson. They got a lot of long, strong wings, and that does worry me for, like, Chris's game is not, you know, predicated on athleticism or strength or being able to blow by those guys. It's finesse. And I do worry if he has to work so hard to get through those guys, like, he could just be exhausted. Um, right. So that, that that that's, I think, where the Suns have a big edge is that I don't think – I mean, I, I want him to prove me wrong, but I don't think Chris can go off in the same fashion he did against Atlanta. I don't think we're going to have a couple just Chris nuclear games where he drops, you know, 26 points in a quarter or whatever. Um, so I think I think the edge we have is probably Drew Holiday. I think he can expose either CP3 or Booker on defense. So I think we need aggressive Drew to come out. Like we finally saw him at the end of the Atlanta series, and that, right. has, that has to continue. Yeah, absolutely. Although – if you say that DeAndre Ayton is going to be on Giannis, to me that means Frank Kaminsky is playing solid minutes in the final. Shout out, you know, you badger Frank Kaminsky trying to shut down Brooke Lopez. I like the <laughs> Good sound luck. of that. I'll take that matchup all day. I do think, I do think, yeah, Brooke, Brooke should be able to. I, I, I don't know if Bud will do this, but my dream would be Bud like spams Brooke against their bench players like the second they take Ayton out, like have Brooke go destroy Dario Saric, have him post up Frank Kamin- whoever they're throwing out there. Cause Phoenix does not have very many good, like 
backup bigs. After Aiton, it's just a bunch of wings and undersized bigs. So um, Brooke could certainly have an edge, but if he only ever plays against Aiton, then that obviously would be less of an edge. Um, but I'll, I'll that- admit, I'll admit to being a little worried about DeAndre Aiton more so than uh, CP3 or Bridges or Devin Booker because I'm, I mentioned it a couple. Not the last time I was on the pod, the one before, but DeAndre is a very athletic big, and I'm a little bit worried about how well Brooke is going to be able to hold up on offense, um, backing Aiton down and trying to D up Aiton if he's got to go out and help on. Like we yeah. saw, we saw in Atlanta, Bud was switching him out to guard Trey Young at the top of the key, and if they do that for CP3 or they do that for Devin Booker, Aiton's just going to feast underneath and i yeah, i admit to being it, a little worried about that i to, to, to your point i think it's a very valid worry i i think with the, the bucks defense it's going to be pick your poison because if we go zone drop like our normal scheme which i which i if i had to bet money on i bet you anything but in game one will stick with his stubborn like default defense no that, that's a thing yeah <laughs> no <laughs> um that Chris Paul and Devin Booker can exploit you in that because they just love the mid range and you're just conceding that to them. Um, mm-hmm. The dream is he he monitors it the or um, uh, mo- uh, what what's the word modifies, modifies. there there we go <laughs> late here Central Time uh, he modifies it so that Brooke uh, kind of drops at least c- closer to uh, the guard so that he can contest more. Um, but yeah, it it is scary because they do it, and like. And then, if nothing else, if you take it away from those guys, can Jay Crowder and Bridges hit enough just open threes? If that's kind of what you're conceding there, so the the the, the Suns are a legit team. I I believe I read somewhere that the Phoenix and Milwaukee have the number one and number two ranked defenses in the playoffs, and I'll believe it the way they've played. Um, so it it is setting up to be a really big good clash. I, I think maybe for uh, the faint of heart or people that don't know players outside of LeBron and KD, it's not the Dream Finals, but as a Bucks fan, I love this matchup. I think it has the potential to be really, really entertaining, um, but also difficult. Yeah, it's it's not it, it is. I will say on paper, it's not a great matchup for Milwaukee. Um, what what are what are areas you see we could have advantages though? Like like we we could we could succumb to them picking us apart in mid range or DeAndre Ayton just going for twenty lobs a game. But what are ways you see us being able to beat them? The way that I see us beating them is I take a look at the Suns. Or the, I'm sorry, the Hawks series that we just finished. And I think CP down from what Trey Young was. Um, obviously, uh, uh, Devin Booker is probably around the same tier as what Trey Young is. But I don't think you mentioned Bridges and Crowder. I don't think they're the same three point shooter that Bogdanovich was. Um, so throughout the series, I mean, Bogdanovich was he was getting plenty of open looks at three and we just had to, to pound inside and go big. I mean, we had quite a few lineups, especially at the game that we were at where we had Bobby and Brooke both just clogging up the middle and going big and bigger on them. So if we can do that, like you mentioned, there's, there's not a whole lot of depth at, at the big position for, for Phoenix. So if we can get inside and pound the rock, I think that's probably going to be our biggest advantage that and drew is, I would say Drew is probably still more athletic than CP3 at this point. So, if he can I, move. I, I, I sure hope so. 
So if uh, Drew can if Drew can get CP3 on skates and and move him around a little bit and uh, get him flopping, plus we all know it's Chris Paul in the playoffs. He's due for an injury at some point. So <laughs> that that is a that is a, a subtle X factor. Is like he still has that gimpy shoulder. I think he has like a torn ligament in his hand. I'm, I'm sure he's like a pulled hamstring away from yeah missing the whole series. So plus, uh, certainly there's no there's no telling how badly that positive Corona test impacted him i i didn't get a great look at him when he was coming back from from that positive Uh, test if that impacted him at all but yeah i think the early returns were like two out of the three games he looked pretty bad and i think he was pretty okay in game six but um maybe not the same i mean we we remember when drew had it he he kind of took like four or five games to really get into a groove um yeah so yeah that that certainly could uh could weigh in it It, it's it's a series i really really wish i mean i know we've been fortunate in facing other teams without injuries but i mean at the end of the day we still made the finals missing two out of our five starters like like missing losing losing dante has just sucked like it's really (laughs) exposed our lack of depth um and he would have been really nifty in this series to throw at booker or to throw at cp3 when drew is out um because like now we're probably gonna have to have middleton and drew probably guarding their two best guys which is going to tire them out for offense so um the, the lack of the lack of Dante is definitely missed. Um, I have a question for you. Who do you think? Who do you think we start? Do we do we keep the same starter? Like the if Giannis is full go, do we keep the PJ in the starting lineup, or do you think we go like Pat or Bobby? Like like what's our move here? Personally, I'd like to see Bobby, just because the last two games of that Atlanta series, he just dominated. He just looked fantastic. He was carrying the team for stretches, knowing. But I don't think that's what he's going to do. I think he's probably going to keep PJ in there. Which again, we talked about it. I'm not. I'm not mad at. I love PJ Tucker. I'd be happy if he's in there starting games in the in the finals for us. But my assumption is we'll go PJ. I I, I tend to agree. Um, I I think there's you can make an argument that Pat Connaughton is maybe a cleaner fit in the starting five. Um, but I think I appreciate too. He's a guy that maybe works better as like a bench spark because he always just comes in. You know arms flailing jumping 20 feet in the air like so maybe flying right by people yeah blowing past a corner three to, to chase him off the line and jump into the stands um so maybe someone like him is more like an instant energy off the bench or bobby's off the bench whereas pj's you know he plays really hard but his kind of energy is more controlled you know so maybe it's less yeah. less bring off the bench type of thing I, don't, I, I mean i guess to be fair pj pj starting pj ensures you have all your best defenders in the starting lineup which isn't a bad thing going defense um it's just a question of can he hit enough corner threes or get enough offensive rebounds to like not just make it a four on five on offense when he's out there you know yeah um and he did he did hit the kill shot we have to give him credit in atlanta after missing missing six straight threes (laughs) he finally hit the the shot i think with like a, a 101 left on the clock to go up i think to go up 10 i think so um he he did came up when it mattered most, and I I have no problem rolling with PJ. I think that's what Bud's likely to do. Um, yeah, I'm curious to see if they'll throw PJ at Devin Booker at all. I mean, the problem is P- PJ's like perfectly built to play like a Kawhi or a KD, but he's less so when the other team's best player is like a shooting guard or, or a right. point guard like Trey. So it's it gets a little trickier. Um, yeah, <clears throat> I'm I'm kind of curious what Phoenix does because they're they have more depth than us, right? They have campaign. They have Cameron Johnson. 
uh, Bridges. They, they have Sarich. They have more guys to throw out there, but I, I almost wonder if that they could go Bud on it where he get, you know, because we know game one, Bud's going to play Jeff Teague like 12 minutes. Oh, no, please Bud, no. But Bud's going to run like a Bryn and Teague backcourt for four for a four-minute stretch. Like, but Bud, Bud always uses game – like, like personally, get game one. I'm almost, I'm ready to like almost in pen market as a loss. Just under Bud, like we rarely in the playoffs win our game ones because because he's just not a guy that really go. He needs like evidence to see he should change stuff, and until he sees it, he's just gonna roll with like what he's tried and true to him. So I'm sure he's gonna go like big rotation, uh, um, and I think it's pretty clear there that like. You know, Jeff Teague's like our eighth man, and he'd probably be like the twelfth guy on Phoenix. You know, like so. Yeah. I mean, Ty, the, you're the, also you're also forgetting the Bucks have a perfect record after I've been on the pod in this postseason. So that's true. They're, they're that getting the Romanski bump on Game One. The Romanski bump is that we're guaranteed to win the next game, or maybe just series. We'll we'll just call it a series. I think it's a yeah. series, series clinching move. Yeah. Okay. Um, is is the way it's played out so far. So I, I'm good with that. Um. I guess what what uh we, we've talked about ways to beat uh, Phoenix. I, I agree with you. Like going to the post makes a lot of sense. I think we have to out rebound them. Second chance points. The only other thing I would add, I'm skeptical it could work, but and it really dep- hinges on Giannis's health. But if we can get find a way to get them out of the half court, if we can get in transition against these guys, I love our chances. Um, we need to be able to get easy buckets because their defense is so good. Like if we're if we're just stuck in the half court mucking it up, I think it's going to be way more of a rock fight. But if we can just get out and run, um, prevent them from creating that wall, that that would help a lot. Yeah, and you mentioned it before, and I'm going to take a minute to get on my soapbox and have my old man shakes fist at cloud moment here. But these are <laughs> the best two defenses in the playoffs, and that just proves that you don't need to be the highest scoring team in the league. You can play good, solid, fundamental basketball. And as I say this, I'm realizing how much I sound like my father. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Bo, Bo but, Ryan has entered the chat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I mean, it's, you mentioned it, right? They're the best two defenses. There's a reason they're still in the playoffs right now, because uh, what was in the Brooklyn series, there was a game that the Bucks won like 89 to 83 or whatever it was. And, if they can do that to, on paper, what's the best team in the league in the Brooklyn Nets, there's no I'm, – I'm not doubting that they can do that to a lesser talented team in the Phoenix Suns. And, but at the same time, the Suns are just as likely to do that to us. There are times in the series or the postseason where this Bucks offense has just looked atrocious. And if you do a good half-court defense, God only knows what that's going to look like. So <laughs> – I I think you're right. Points, points off turnovers, fast break points, second chance points. That's that's really going to be what decides the series in my mind. Yep. the The last X factor I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll make this a game. Listeners at home, you can guess this too. Uh, Romanski, if you had to guess what percent the Bucks are shooting from three this year, right in the in the playoffs, in the playoffs, the, this 2021 playoffs, what percent are the Bucks shooting from three? What What would you guess? Uh, nineteen percent. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> a little bit low, but uh, the, so it, it it's better than that, but it's it's still p- pretty woefully bad when you consider how many of them have been like uncontested looks. So the Bucks in the playoffs um, are shooting thirty one percent from three, and that's considering they've won all their series. They've only lost what five 
five games the entire playoffs shooting 31% from three. If there's any kind of regression to the mean, if the Bucks could shoot, like, I don't know, 37% from three this series, like, it's over. Um, and I know it's, like, an, a kind of a lazy take to say, like, oh, just hit your threes and, like, you'll win. But that that is kind of how I feel. Like, like when, when your Pat Connaughton's make four out of six from three instead of one out of six, or, like, you know, P.J. Tucker goes three for seven instead of one for seven, like, subtle stuff like that. Or like, Bryn wh- Forbes hits an open three. Yeah, for, for the love of God. <laughs> Bryn goes back to Miami, Bryn. Yeah. So I do think that that's like the, if, if the number one factor is just like destroy them with size uh, and, and defense. Like the third factor is probably just make a freaking three. Someone that's not Chris Middleton make a three. Um, so th- th- that is something I could see playing out. And like, obviously, playoffs always are super small sample sizes. So it's hard to really read a ton into statistical trends. Um but that that is something that jumped out to me, and that, that 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 has been frustrating every series. Is we finally saw in Atlanta Game Six, I, I think in the second half we shot what like ten for twenty four from three or something, and it was like, all right, this is finally what our offense could look like when we get these threes to go in. It gives us some room to breathe. So, um, yeah, I I I I'm not optimistic that'll turn around, but I would love it if it would. If we could get some of our role players really hot from three. That would do wonders. Yeah, absolutely. Especially given how cold, but like you mentioned, some of these guys have just been looking terrible. So get them sparked up, get, uh, get some help to Chris and Drew so they don't have to carry the whole load by themselves. Giannis, if he's back, give him some time to ease into the game. Every little bit helps. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I think Giannis will play game one. I'm conflicted on how I feel. Again, not not even the health, just knowing the way Bud coaches game ones is I always feel like it's kind of a throwaway game. Um, I really think game two is our best ch- chance to steal one this series. Um, and if there, you know, if there's a way we can go back to Milwaukee tied one, one, uh, I, I like the way things are looking. So, um, especially that, given how, especially given how raucous Pfizer is going to be. I mean, for game <laughs> five, <saw> it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was bumping game five. I can only imagine what game three of the NBA finals looks like in that place. Yeah, Deer District will be turned up. Uh, The only thing I'm moderately disappointed by, and I suppose it makes sense, but classic big money sports, like almost every game is on a weeknight for, for, to, you know, to cater to primetime TV markets or whatever. But I think the Bucks, the Bucks two home games are like a Sunday night. And like a Tuesday night, and it's like, oh, classic! Like, of course, yeah. Make it make it way more difficult to go to for people at work. <laughs> people at work fairly normal schedules, but uh, I digress. Uh, are, are there any other thoughts you? I mean, I, I guess we should just reflect again. Like we talked about this. This is a historic moment. We don't know if it might be another forty-seven years till we're in the finals. So I do want to regardless. Don't you say of, that. We we okay we <laughs> we we know we're gonna be back next year. But regardless, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just going to take this experience for what it is. I'm going to try to enjoy it, um, really embrace it, kind of take it for what it is, appreciate the moment, because um, it's, it's a special thing. And it's cool in the super team era, this team of homegrown guys, Giannis and Chris have been there since day one. It's really, 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 I can't understate how cool it is to see them doing what they're doing. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't want to get emotional here on the pod, but, but it, they're, they're really special humans. Um, and I love rooting for them. So, yeah. And kind of off that point, um, I don't remember, I saw it on Twitter somewhere. It was the Bucks team that had the worst record in the year or worst, uh, whatever year they got Jabari. 
the, war, the year they were the yeah. worst team in the league. Yep. The only two players left on that team are Chris and Giannis, who at the <laughs> time were rated the two worst players in NBA 2K. They were the very bottom players in the entire game on NBA 2K, and they're the only ones left on the NBA Championships finals team. <laughs> it's, it's incredible. It's, it's a pretty remarkable turnaround. Uh, and you mentioned it earlier. I just want to give another shout-out to small team small market teams like this because it's you mentioned it this is not the finals that people want to see people wanted to see katie in the nets against lebron and the lakers pardon my language but fuck that get josh to bleep it get it fixed in post <laughs> i i'm so sick of people not caring about the smaller market teams like the phoenixes the milwaukee's i'm just so excited to see like you mentioned small town teams building from the inside not relying on going out and buying the biggest name in free agency and building a super team that's completely undefeated, un, unbeatable, whatever you want to call it. It's it's just so fun to see two yeah. teams that have that have done it right. And I'll step off my old man shakes fist at club <laughs> no. soapbox now. <laughs> it's it's refreshing, man. Like I, I like seeing some new blood uh, in the league. Um, I mean, I know there's tons of LeBron fanboys, but. He's he's uh, bittersweet as it is. His his reign is coming to an end, and it's going to end at some point. So you might as well embrace the change that's happening now. Um, it's kind of a it's kind of a new wave of talent, right? You got Booker, you got Trey Young, you got Luca, you got Giannis, maybe Zion someday. So it's it's this fun new wave and era we're about to enter into. And I I wouldn't I couldn't be happier to start it with uh you know a Bucks Bucks title to kick off this decade. So. That's... Yeah, that said, I'm absolutely on board with the Bucks trading their entire franchise to free Dame from Portland. <laughs> yeah, if we win it all, ship Drew and Chris for Dame, for sure. Super team. You know? Yeah. Oh, and just for the record, I put this out on Twitter, but I made a uh, tattoo bet with the Bucks. So if the Bucks win the finals in six, I'm getting a PJ Tucker neck tat of the logo with the Bucks in six underneath. So it's oh, on record. On the record, did, did, did the Milwaukee Bucks t- uh, Twitter account know this? Uh no, I don't think they they, they 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 will. It'll, it'll be national at some news. point, yeah. <laughs> but only if they win in six. Like if they win in five, there's no tat. No, I might get it somewhere else, smaller. But yeah, if they if they get it in six, nice and big, right in the neck, antlers coming up on the on the neck, head and the shoulders. Yeah, it's gonna be nice, nice and classy. Well, if that's not motivation, Giannis, Chris, all the bucks that are clearly listening to this, then then I don't know what it is. <laughs> Go out and get you a title, boys. Uh. Yeah, this has been Arches of the North with a little uh, NBA Finals preview pod. And uh, we'll, we'll hopefully be joining you, you know, at, with some post-game reaction uh, at minimum uh, for, for the trophy presentation uh, when the Bucks get the title. So, with that, I'm Kai. He's Mansky. I'm Mansky. Bucks and six, baby. Bucks and six. Let's do it. All right. Thanks for listening, folks. Outro.